Welcome to New Mercies Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Caldwell. Today is episode number 375, and it's also our Wednesday morning episode, and that means that if you know the podcast very well, you know on Wednesday mornings I teach a Bible study to a great group of people that have the opportunity to come on a Wednesday morning and listen as we go through the Bible. And we are going through each week, we look at one whole book of the Bible. And I'm talking about, I teach for an hour straight uh, through one book of the Bible. Today, I'm teaching in First Kings. And there is a story in First Kings that is very frustrating. So there was a lady in our church who is an incredible Bible teacher. I mean, one of the greatest Bible teachers I've been around. Can open up the scripture and just let you know what it says and how it says it. And it's beautiful and awesome. So she told me last week, she said, so you're going to be in First Kings next week. Uh, so that means you're going to look at 1 Kings 13, my least favorite story in all the Bible. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. And I thought, oh, great, here we go. So a great Bible teacher is now telling me, I want to hear what your thoughts are in the Bible. And so I was looking at it this past week, and looking at it, I wanted to say this chapter in 1 Kings, chapter number 13 specifically, is strange. doesn't make any sense. To me, it seems like it's weird the way it's put in here. It doesn't flow exactly with the text. It's an odd story, honestly, to be in here. And so we know that it's in the Bible, and we know that it means something to us. So let's see if we can glean something out of it. So today, I just want to share with you a little bit of my gleanings out of chapter 13 of 1 Kings. The story is set, there is a king named Jeroboam. He's the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel. So at this point in Israel's history, the kingdom has been divided. So it's now the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is called Israel. The southern kingdom is called Judah. The southern kingdom, Judah, is ruled by the lineage in the house of David. And it's ruled from Jerusalem. The northern kingdom, however, is the kingdom of Israel, and it's set up and ruled in Samaria. And the northern kingdom had a lot of really, really evil kings, the worst of the worst. The kingdom of Judah, the southern kingdom, had some good kings in it, but still had a lot of bad kings as well. The nation just had a lot of craziness. Uh, it's not what the podcast is about today, but just to give you a little bit of history, kind of know where we're coming from. Jeroboam is the first king of the northern kingdom of Israel. And so we find him in this place. Now, he does something pretty evil. He sets up these altars to these false gods and kind of just to help get rid of the spiritual influence of the southern kingdom, which was the ones who followed after Jehovah. And so Jeroboam did some dumb things, and he even sets up two golden calves and does some weird, weird things. He sets up one of them in Bethel. And so the city of Bethel is where we find this story in 1 Kings 13. So I hope you can kind of understand, kind of see the picture now. So this man of God shows up to this altar, and he curses it. He says, this is not of God. This is not good. Uh, there's This altar is going to be taken down. It's going to be torn down. It's going to be burned up. The men who sacrifice here are in trouble. This is ugly. This is bad. So Jeroboam is standing there at the altar when this is happening. So this man of God has been traveling from Judah. He's gone up here. He goes to this altar, and the Lord says, I want you to go up here and say this. So he prophesies about this altar. So Jeroboam says, seize him. So he's trying to say, arrest him, right? Get this, get rid of this man, get him out of our place of worship. So he reaches out his hand, and when he does, his hand shrivels up and it turns to dust. <laughs> so now he's like, oh my goodness, what's just happened? Can't even bring his hand back, his hand's gone. So he looks at this man of God and he says, hey, can you entreat me for just a minute? Pray for my hand so it can return back. So 
this man of God, who's anonymous, we don't know his name, he prays that the king's hand be restored, and it is. Okay, so here we go. This is the story. Kind of crazy, right? This miracle that happens. Well, then the king, Jeroboam, says, hey, why don't you come back to my house? You can eat and drink with me, and we'll spend some time together. I want to reward you for taking care of my hand. He still didn't like what the man of God had said about the altar because Jeroboam was trying to change the way the nation operated. But the man of God says to Jeroboam, I'm not going back to your house. I was told by God, come here. Do not go back the way you came. Don't go eat and drink with these people. Do not do it. So the man of God just kept on. He, he went away. And now that sounds awesome. It'd be great if the story stopped there, but it doesn't. Verse 11, we pick up the rest of the story, and it says there was an old prophet that lived there in Bethel, and he had some sons. Those sons had heard what had happened at the altar. So they go and tell their dad what just happened. They're like, Dad, listen, this is crazy. This guy comes out. He curses this altar thing, and the the king's hand stretched out. Wild story. So then this old prophet says, where did he go? Which way did he go? And his son said, well, he went that direction. So this old prophet goes and chases this man of God down. And when he gets out there, he says to him, hey, I want you to come back to my house and eat with me and drink with me. Now, the sons, remember this, the sons had heard what the man of God said, right? They heard the man of God tell Jeroboam, no, I'm not coming back. I was told not to come back. I was told not to eat or drink with you in this place. So these sons go and tell this dad this, this old prophet, The old prophet goes and tempts the man of God. He says, I'm going to give you a temptation. I know what you said to Jeroboam, but I'm going to tempt you anyway. And the man of God says, I'm not going to do that. God's told me clearly. Then the prophet says, well, the Lord told me clearly. I'm a prophet as well. The Lord told me that the plans have changed and you can come and eat and drink in my house. So this man of God who had done the right thing up till now listens to this old prophet I've heard it said before that Charles Spurgeon was preaching, and at one point somebody came up and said, "Uh, Mr. Spurgeon, the Lord told me to preach in your place tonight. And Charles Spurgeon looked at the young man and he said, well, when the Lord tells me, I'll let you know. Uh, Because, see, the Lord speaks to each of us individually. This young man of God in this story who heard clearly from the Lord, don't eat and drink with these people. Go do what I'm telling you to do and just keep going and move on into the next thing I'm going to call you to do. And he hears this old prophet who lies to him, just straight up lies. He first tempts him, then he lies to him. I'll let you go read the rest of that story in 1 Kings 13. But the point I want to glean from today is this. When the Lord speaks to you, it does not matter if six committees agree that it's a different direction that you should go. If the Lord says it, you don't need the approval of anybody else. You don't need the counsel of anybody else. Now, I'm not saying it's bad to have counselors. It's great to have counselors. We should all have counselors in our life. But make sure they're counselors that are walking with the Lord and that are honest with you. God tells you something. Do what he tells you to do. Even if your great hero of the faith says, I think you need to do this for your life. See, rarely will God tell someone else, what your plan is, what your path is. Now, God will bring counselors around you, but you should always take those counselors and go back to the Lord and make sure it's of him and of no one else. 
This story today is weird, and I don't know why it's in the scripture, but I do know that we can glean a little bit today to know that when God speaks to you, don't listen to anyone else, even if you think that they're on your side.